What's happening, guys? Jared Weiss back here on the Jared and James channel. I'm Jared Weiss. If you guys didn't know that, must mean that you're not subscribed to the channel, so you know what to do. Hit that subscribe button. Be sure to leave a like, drop a comment. Let me know what you guys think of this video. Follow me everywhere. I post regularly to every platform. So check me out wherever you guys the content. I'm there. So anyways, for today's Rabbit Hole Roundup episode, unfortunately, RJ was actually unable to make it today. But when we, we actually been joined by a very special guest, and this also this guy puts out incredible content when when it comes to the Nephilim, like when it comes to all these like hard true subjects out there. He happens to be in the, the imperfect guest, like for all stuff like um, I always love to talk about on here. So, anyways, without further ado, please welcome Paul Stobbs to the channel. Hi guys, how are we doing? Thanks for having me. So, um, would you mind first um, introducing yourself, like um, telling the people um, um, who you are, what you do, um, 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 and then like from there, like I might want to touch on um, 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 some of these super interesting um, deep dives in, um, in, into the Nephilim, the Bible, all that stuff. Cool, yeah. So I am predominantly a YouTuber. Uh, that's what I have done with most of my time and most of my creative things. Uh, you can find me at Understanding Conspiracy. Um, it's a channel I started in about 2014, mainly as a, um, a university project originally, but it kind really? of yeah, it kind of developed yeah. into this um, what it is today, a decade later. Um, and yeah, I'm predominantly known for the person who created a theory, um, which is based on the idea that what we call a clown today, by a modern Western standard, is a perfectly crafted symbol used to represent the Nephilim. Um, so right. the series I have is called The Nephilim Look Like Clowns. And I'm writing the book on the subject currently. Really? Uh, That's yeah. awesome. And uh, predominantly, it's it's an anthropological study of cultures from all around the, the earth who have their ancestor spirit worship rituals. And you'll find me go through and show that what they are venerating are, in fact, the Nephilim or the disembodied spirits of the Nephilim by the right. the biblical standard of the history of where the demons come from. Mm. And you'll find they all seem to have clown-like features. And right. um, you, I, my work has basically pieced together the puzzle that um, nefarious secret societies have indeed taken this concept and created their own version of the costume being worn to channel and venerate spirits. And that's what we call a clown. So it's an occult hidden meaning symbol. Yeah. Right. Um, um, so, so like, my first question um, for you like, to start things off is, where the Nephilim, in, in the simplest terms, and also like where they actually come from, as well as like what in purpose were they actually created for? Okay, so the, the word Nephilim comes from um, Genesis, and mm. it also it also mentioned a few times in the early books of the Bible, um, post and pre-flood. So right. the word the word Nephilim, if you want to break it down into its etymology. Um, into the Hebrew term, it's two terms, nephil and nephal, which makes up the plural version of Nephilim. So um, if you want to look at the, the meaning between these two words, nephil basically translates to tyrannical ruler or giant. And, and nephal means to fall in a various applicable ways of doing that. So um, mm. to fall, fell, feller, to fall, falling, things like that. That's generally what it means. Right. So if you put those two words together, you get what is known as the Nephilim from those two roots, which basically means a giant tyrannical ruler of a fallen nature. So the, the ancient Nephilim are giants of the of the ancient oh. past. Are Nephilim and giants and synonyms? 
yes, in in a way, you could use them as the same as the same word. Yeah, you right. can interchange them absolutely, and they do in translations of the Bible. They do that many times. They replace the word gibberine with giant and giant with nephilim, and they play around with those words plenty of times in different translations. Interesting. Yeah. So, so now, like, um, how were these nephilim like actually created? Like, um, um, like, um, and then, like, another question, like, so, like, are nephilim also like the same thing as um, the fallen angels? Right. Well, this is something that I try and make clear on my channel quite a lot, mm -hmm. which I'm sure you're aware of. Yes. Um. So the the nephilim are not fallen angels, and this is kind of um a a misunderstanding misconception through the interpretation I gave you earlier that Nephilim has this to fall within its name. And right. people have assumed well, that that must mean Nephilim are fallen angels, but that's not in the book at all. It's not actually said anywhere that that's the right. case. And um, Nephilim have been explained quite clearly in the book of Enoch, which is a book that some people don't consider canon. I personally do. I don't hold much weight into the later versions, the mm -hmm. second Enoch and third Enoch. I think there are more... Uh, Gnosticized later iterations of the same story with a lot of questionable uh, theology in there. But I think Enoch, which is referenced in the Bible plenty of times as a book and even quoted by the apostles, I think is a, a legitimate story in a book. And it makes clear in, in the book of Enoch where the Nephilim come from. They're the product of watchers who had a job of basically looking after humans and watching over them and making sure everything runs smoothly for God. Right. They decided that they thought the daughters of men were very attractive and they gave into the baser instincts and basically created, did something they never should have done that were, they weren't allowed to do, which is copulate with human women and create offspring, which became mighty men, as it's uh, described in Genesis six, the heroes of old, the demigods, the half God, half human creatures, the Nephilim. And they became giants, which would mm. just not, we could not sustain humanity could not stay in their sustain their appetites and eventually they stopped being heroes and things to look up to and they became tyrannical rulers who subjugated all of humanity and even ate them instead um yeah. it, it very quickly corrupted that's creation. pretty dark wait 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 so yeah. so like, is it possible like like any nephilim like, like were actually good-hearted like in like good natured or do you think all of them like, like turned into these tyrannical leaders and rulers? i i I, th I think this is up for debate many people mm. would argue it's possible for a nephilim to repent but you have to you have to understand the nephilim don't have a a god-given soul necessarily right. Because they were never supposed to exist. They don't have a soul as compassion. They're, they're not like us. I don't think they have conscience mm. in the same way a human being would have a conscience. Uh, we're triune in nature. You know, we're flesh, we're soul, right. and we have a and we have a spirit as well. You know, right. and they they were they had a spirit, yes, um, but it wasn't of God, and they don't have a soul breathed into them as in a flesh flesh spirit combination sorry a flesh soul combination like we do like god had created us to be they never should have existed they don't have anything like that so i, th I do think there's an issue of nephilim feeling remorse i mm. think they had evil in their hearts continuously i think they were quite proud boastful hubris filled creatures because they were huge thought mm. they were better than everybody else considered right. themselves a, a step above all of humanity more worthy of ruling than any other creature i think they even got so full of themselves that they thought they could take on their own parents which were the fallen angels yeah so can the nephilim like actually came from the fallen angels though they came from the watchers 
Okay, so the Watchers weren't necessarily fallen angels. They mm-hmm. had a job. They were supposed to look after humanity. But right. they were... Com- uh, two, well, 200 of them, led by the angel Sam Yaza and uh, Azazel as well. It's but People argue maybe they're the same angel. It's, it's up for debate on that. Mm-hmm. But these, these Watcher-class angels under the leadership of Sam Yaza basically did this thing and they make a pact it's explained in the book of enoch how they're all kind of talking to each other and they're like all right so we were all agreed we're going to do this thing which we know there's no coming back from so they i think they had a rebellious nature in them i think right. they they knew what they were doing was wrong and that god would be angry but i right. think they made the choice to join in the rebellion that lucifer was running at the time to become a part of the angels that were on his side you know lucifer's mm-hmm. side going against god's creation because i think they were upset that God had chosen Adam over them okay. to, be, to be rulers on the earth. So I think, and there's up for, if not them, people have argued that they had a reptilian type race around on the earth mm. at the time, which were like humanoids. And it's uh-huh. possible. Why didn't God choose the reptilian humanoid? Why did he create this thing called man instead? And why right. is he letting that, this inferior man? It's like, I refuse to bow down to this fleshly, lowly creature type of attitude. Right. I, I'm an angel. I'm above him. I shouldn't have. So all these attitudes were kind of melding together in this weird rebellion that happened. And I think maybe they became fallen angels or classed as fallen mm. angels after they did what they did. Didn't um, enough of them like start start off them as good in a moment, and and then like their hubris like got to them like like after like a period of time like do you think or maybe they probably had a period of childhood of relative right. innocence you know as they grew mm. but they grew pretty quick and I think they very quickly right. began realized i am different from everything else and therefore better and they had that attitude about them and you have to remember as well they didn't look human and this is what my theory is all about they were terrifying monsters okay they did something else you know people were naturally in awe and in fear of these things so they naturally bowed down very quickly because they didn't know what else to do and that's pretty much how and when you're treated like that from an early age i think that gets to you pretty quickly right to see yourself as like god god's better uh-huh. than god you know and that type of attitude yeah how um, big were these creatures oh well the, the first size wise the first nephilim were as tall as mountains they were they were huge they were uh-huh. unfathomably enormous you know the very right. first versions um it seems like later iterations of these things because it seems like if you look at other books, not only Enoch, Enoch as well, but if you look at other books like uh, Jasher, for example, or um, Jubilees, and they give these hints to, to what it was like later on as while the Nephilim were around. And I think it seems like the Nephilim created... they. So th- first of all, fallen angels mate with human women, create the Nephilim on one Is level. that a story, the same thing like, um, as the um, Anunnaki story, or are they different? I would say the Anunnaki mythos, which right. comes... Yeah, which comes from the Middle East, obviously Mesopotamia as well, and that region. I think right. it's more of a from the point of view of the Nephilim. I think okay. it's, it's the version of of a Nephilim creation myth, um, mm. and I, I I think it's more in support of. And I I think it, you're talking about Nephilim being created, and but then they also have this little weird twist where they created humanity as a slave race as well. Um, I don't think that's true. I think okay. but it's, it's similar stories told from different perspectives. Right. I do. Th- I think a lot of lies were being told around this time to the humans about who they were. I right. don't think. I don't think the fallen angels in the heavens and the watcher class angels. I don't think they were being very honest with people. I think they were posing as gods 
pantheons of gods by many different names. That's where we get the Greek pantheon, the Hindu pantheons, the Norse pantheons, um, the North American flying feathered serpents, the Australian rainbow serpents. I think these dragons were everywhere, right? And, uh, yes. and you know, and just dragon worship cults were everywhere. And I think I'm they were totally into that they, also. Yeah, I think they were establishing themselves as gods over all of humanity you know they wanted to be seen as the only gods above god and anything to get people's attention away from the one true creator and right. to make them focus on them so i think they had the the gods in the heavens the fallen angels and the watchers who were mainly seraphim angels the watchers a lot of dragons were around right. seraphim means fiery flying serpent mm -hmm. i believe the watchers were those trusted by god the most the ones closest to him. And if you read in the hierarchy of, of the angelic hierarchy, the seraphim are right next to God's throne. They are the closest mm. to him. So I think he chose the seraphim to watch over humanity and they failed and they created monsters by hybridizing with humans. So imagine, imagine a fiery flying dragon serpent monster right. mixing with, mixing with a human woman. That sounds that pretty scary. <laughs> that hybrid thing that gets created is what the Nephilim were. And, and my theory goes, they looked a lot like a clown by our standards today. So, so, so now, like, how did you actually arrive at that theory? Yeah, so it's, it's, uh, it's been developing for over a decade. It didn't just mm -hmm. come to me overnight. It was a, it was a puzzle piece thing and the picture got clearer and clearer until there was, there was an aha moment in 2016 prior to then you know i grew up atheistic i wasn't raised in a in a religious household i, mm. I mean, wasn't raised going to church or anything like that um and as i grew into my teenage years i, I went more down the spiritualist gnostic alchemical psychedelic exploration type route. Right. you know i was trying to explore consciousness and find a spirituality something i'd lacked my entire life trying to fill mm. that void with hedonism and anything else i could find and these strange philosophies you know and uh, the psychedelic exploration came along with that and you know i had seen some things by taking these chemicals and and these entheogens and i realized there is a spiritual world all around us but so i was very well acquainted with this whole dmt realm people go to this circus-like realm that are full of dmt jesters that right. you'd see talk about in all these forums you know what i mean that mm. people do trip reports would talk about so you know by like 2012 2011 um i was really starting to catch my stride in the conspiracy world and started to wake up. And I discovered quite right. a lot of the truth about the controllers in the world, the whole Illuminati stuff. You know, I started mm. to look, started at the bottom, worked my way up from there and you start learning all these rabbit holes. Right. And, yeah. And it was actually the end of the, the, it was the end of the world in 2012. 2012 like, right. That, that's what got me in. And that's what right. set me off to start looking at. Interesting. You know, why do people believe this is what I wanted to find out. And I actually created the channel to understand the conspiracy you know mm. for my because i was doing art at the time at university what was your um, 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 first um, rabbit hole again it was the 2012 end oh. of the world all it was right. the my the mayan calendar mayan and all calendar. that kind of stuff you know right and like i said i'd already had this psychedelic exploration kind of uh gnostic -y background anyway so when i came mm. onto the conspiracy stuff it was easy for me just to get into it and just to roll with it and I, I guess i was kind of in the new age side at the time but i was never really a hippie new age type person right. I, i'm not a dream catcher or crystal type person mm. or sh I, I never was you know i was more like i just wanted to get to the bottom of what the truth was True. through my own through my truth own experience thinking. right yeah through, through my own experiences which mm. is why i, I seeked 
spirituality in these psychedelic experiences at the time. Right. And I was trying to square it all in my mind, you know, and, and, you know, what, just to try and try and speed up the story a little bit, you know, it mm-hmm. got to the end of my degree in 2014 and I had been deep into the conspiracy research so heavily into it that I kind of kept bumping into the Christian angle the Christian mm-hmm. history, the Christian perspectives. And I just, I just didn't want to go there. I was scared to go down that route. I thought I could find all the answers myself through the right. new age Gnostic psychedelic route, you know? Uh-huh. And I just, I was ruining my life. I was a drug addict, clearly, really? you know, wow. basically it, not, not like um, heroin or anything like uh-huh. that. But, you know, I was smoking weed every day, a heavy, I was drinking quite a lot. You know, I was um, taking things like MDMA on the weekend, wow. you know, um, I was dabbing, microdosing psychedelics regularly just to mm. experiment, you know, and it, I was taking hard, harder psychedelics like DMT or salvia as well. Right. And it was getting it was getting out of hand. Basically, my, I was destroying my body. I was killing myself in that respect mm. and, and my mind, too. You know, it wasn't healthy. Right. And I was kind of burnt out by the end of 2014. My degree had come to an end. I I didn't have any direction or purpose in life. I didn't know what was going on or where I was going to go, what I was going to do in my life. I was, I was scared terrified with all this knowledge about how awful the earth is and how mm. it's controlled by this evil cabal you know, who, right. who, who are all satanic and you know and it was i was quite scared in, in a horrible place you know and i didn't I, i'd lost all hope basically and that's when i decided all right because i had heard a lot about the christian perspective and angle and i, I decided mm. okay so if, if you're real god i'm sure i'm giving myself to you this is show it show me the way this is it. Yeah. I've right. nothing else. Nothing else has given me the answers. You know, I didn't find mm. any answers in any of the other angles. Help me, you know, and also it was a cry for help as well. Cause I, I was desperate. I, I was on the verge of giving up completely. You know, right. it was, uh, I didn't know what to do. And, uh, in, immediately, you know, I, I felt the Holy spirit in that moment. Um, I, I was actually inadvertently baptizing myself at the time. I asked this question, I was having a bath in a hotel room, Mm. <laughs> I was on a, I was uh, out for my brother-in-law's um, bachelor party, I suppose you would call it, um, and I was just burnt out. And like, I asked God to help me. Then right. I had a bath. I had a bath and felt this rush, and I got out of the bath. I was like, "What? What was that?" You know. But from that day, everything changed, and and I, I didn't desire to do any of those things that were killing me anymore. I, right. I, I, I dropped the desires to chase nothing but pleasure and to do these drugs and um since then i'm completely sober now i haven't you know i I don't smoke weed i haven't touched weed in Mm. about seven years i uh, finally quit nicotine at the start of last year wow i I lowered the strength and went to an e-cigarette four years ago and now i'm off it completely and it was a long journey but he saved me that day and and i focused on the word from that day so from 2014 to 2016 Honestly, it happens to be an incredible story. Yeah, thank you. Yeah. Sorry, sorry, so during, sorry, during, sorry, during, just I'll sum up the story quickly now to get to the clown mm. thing. But uh, the point is that led me down the conspiracy route of understanding the Christian perspective to give answers to all of what's going on in the world and why we right. have a conspiracy. And I started to roll with the channel then heavily after 2014. It's when I really started it up and started doing what I do. And it was it was a... The channel was mainly a narrative of 
So how do we work together to get to the bottom of this with all these different viewpoints? We have the New Ages over here. We've got the Christians over there. We've got the normie mainstream alt-right type truthers down right. here. Then we've got the extreme liberal left truthers down here. And it's kind of, we all kind of understand we're being controlled by evil right. people in some way, but we all kind of have our own. How do we actually bring yeah. everything together? Yeah, exactly. And I, I ended up finding the truth in the biblical perspective. I think it's mm. all about Jesus. I think the only reason we have a conspiracy is because of Jesus Christ and what he did in the biblical history, including the Watchers, the Rebellion of the Angels, um, the Nephilim, the demons on the other side now because of the Nephilim and all the, it all kind of fit into place for me. And I, I started when I, so I explained to you, I had this past life mm. and then I was born again in 2014. And then right. I, you know, I came, well, I think it was actually 2013 going into 2014 is when I started to do what I do. And I started to get heavily attacked by demons, basically. And this, really? is where opened, this is where I started to open up to the spiritual element to all mm. of this, the spiritual warfare aspect to all the conspiracy. Because right. I was personally having these horrible experiences, which I couldn't deny. You know, it right. was like, it's happening to me personally. I need to find my way to protect myself and understand what's happening. And so I did. And, you know, I had moments where I had constant sleep paralysis with demons coming towards me where I couldn't move and I had to wrench really? myself awake. I was, uh, I had one moment where I was awake in my How, living room. Wait, 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 wait. Like, so, so come on, mom, can you actually describe like, like some of these like, experiences for me? Sure, yeah. So what the, what, one of the scariest ones I had is I was just in my living room mm -hmm. and uh, nothing, nothing, I wasn't doing anything. You know, I had my dog next to me. It was quiet. It was late in the evening. I was on my own. Uh, right. I was just stro stroking my dog, a little Jack Russell Terrier next to me, you know. I think oh. the TV was on, but I wasn't really watching it or paying attention or anything. I think it may have been on my phone for a second or something. And then suddenly um, I, saw, I, I felt like I was going paralyzed. I, I started to lose all ability to move my body. And then darkness started to seep in from the corners of my vision, you know, and it started to like, like the room started to spin in some horrible churning, grinding like way as this darkness mm. seeped in. And I just kind of just collapsed, you know, really. And I, I was like, I'm dying. I literally felt that, like I was, I was so I, scary. Yeah. I couldn't explain it as anything <laughs> else. As I was at my, my soul was being torn out of me and I was oh my dying. God. You know? And it came out of nowhere, completely mm. unprovoked. I have no idea. You know, I just didn't see it coming. And, right. and all, all I could think to do in that moment was just say the words, Jesus, help me. Mm. And it did instantly gone, everything gone back to normal, full, wow. full ability to move again. And I was panicked. I was like, what was that? You know, what was? and this, these are the type of things that kept me going and getting deeper into the word as a result of trying to understand what's doing this you know and i had this i had this dream one night where a, an entity in a in with a purple hat and a kind of like a lapeled long trench coat of purple with where it had a cane he had these glowing orange eyes all hidden in the shadows and he had he was coming towards me in this field and he had these blurring multicolored ribbons behind him like a morris dancer would have ribbons around the maypole mm. that type of ribbons you know Right. And he, he came to me in a dream after I had just had some tea with dead relatives in a in a garden of some kind. Uh -huh. And I didn't I didn't realize it was a dream at the time, but I kind of I came upon all these these relatives who have been long dead, great aunties and uncles and right. more, re more recently deceased aunties and uncles as well and mm. things like that. And they, they told me to come and have some tea with them. So I did. And as soon as I sipped the tea, they vanished the park was darkness it was like 
a hellscape. It wasn't the park I was in anymore. And this thing was coming over the horizon. I described with this, this hat, you know, and I got a phone call. And I answered the phone in the dream. And it, he said to me, don't think I forgot about our previous conversation. I'm coming for you now. Was this um, maybe so? I can, did this guy um, 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 sounded exactly um, um, like the um, um, demon like, like, um, um, from your past experience? Well, this is the thing. Apparently, I had I had had a conversation with this thing in the past, and it was coming uh-huh. to it was coming to collect its end of the deal. <laughs> and right. I didn't I I didn't know what was going on. But uh-huh. in in the dream, after he talked to me, I had a memory of another dream I had years ago. And I was in a, like, I was on like a stage with millions of people watching me at a festival. But it was, it wasn't a festival. It was more like a place with screaming and wailing, something similar to the sounds of a festival. But it, I think I was in right. hell. It felt like a horrible place to be. You know wow. what I mean? It wasn't. And, and then I'm back in the dream. This uh-huh. guy's chasing me. I run away. And, you know, typically, the air's like really thick and you can't move very fast in a dream when you try and run. Right. Away, you know? yeah, 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 yeah. And, yeah, yeah. Uh, you know, eventually I, I, I jump up. I'm so, so, like, so, yeah. so many times in my dream. It's the usual, it's the usual thing, isn't it? But yeah. he caught, he basically he caught up, I, I hit a dead end and he caught up to me and I felt like I was going to die again. You know, mm-hmm. I thought, this is it. And luckily I managed to wrench myself awake. Um, another random, ne- random evening. Um, I have a vision just flood my eyes out of nowhere and I'm looking up. And I see this enormous psychedelic black and white colored jester monster thing. And I'm in the, I'm in the DMT realm. I know where mm-hmm. it is. I've, I've been there before. So I'm like, I know where I am. What the hell is this? You know, this right. giant entity in front of me. And it was, it was a giant and it looked like a jester. That's mm-hmm. the only way to describe it. It wasn't wearing silly jester's clothes. Its skin was that pattern. It was very, had a big, wide, horrible purple lips, grinning mouth you know it had this huge alien-like glowing purple eyes you know its skull was all angular like spider's legs its Mm -hmm. skull was that shape it wasn't wearing a hat you know what i mean but it's like something akin to what we would call a jester Uh i'm looking up at this giant for 10 seconds and then i'm back in the room again and i'm like what happened you know and these things kept happening to me you know ever since i stopped the drugs Wait, 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 wait. So, no. so like all that stuff like happened to you after you stopped the drugs? After I stopped the drugs, when I quit and gave myself over to Jesus that... and gave myself over to God, you know, and I changed myself. I was born again and That's all these amazing. desires left me. It felt mm-hmm. like once I had given up the sin, right? the, the demons came for me. Interesting. It was, I feel like wow. it was kind of a... If we can't have you, nobody can type right. situation. That's, that's what it felt like. That's Cause, super cause it, interesting. Because you've got, you got to understand, you know, we'll get into it, but demons mm. fundamentally want a body in order to right. experience pleasure. Okay, Inhabit the body in order to... Yeah, yeah, so that's what possession is. Now, true possession isn't like the right. exorcist, you know, where your head's spinning around and cuts all over your body. It's not as obvious. True possession is where they you don't even know you're possessed. That's what they're going for, okay? Really? They want to hide in your body without you realizing it. They'll make you do things which they find pleasurable mm. and they'll experience that thing through your senses. That's the game because they don't have bodies right? or 
and can't experience anything without our body or our senses. They don't have hands, mm. a mouth, eyes, a nose, ears, a tongue anymore. They can't experience any pleasure. They have nothing, you know. Demons are trapped in this place, which Jesus described as a dry place, a place oh. where they hunger and thirst but cannot quench it, you know. So that's why they need a body. Wait, wait, wait. So like, what are your thoughts? Like, like my mind is like, when it comes to um, alcohol, like I'm actually I'm, 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 I'm inviting demons, like, like, like evil like, spirits, like into people's like lives, like, like whoever I like, drink like the alcohol, especially because like alcohol is actually is actually referred to like as spirits. Like, so, so like, what are your thoughts? Like, when it comes to like alcohol, like actually inviting in demons. I think I, I think it's lives. it can work it can work both ways. Like I said, a lot of alcohol. You know, they call them spirits for a reason right you know and i don't know if it's a case of if you drink alcohol you bring a spirit in mm. or if it's more a case of if you already have spirits they're going to make you drink alcohol all right I think, I think it's a chicken before the egg situation uh-huh. i think it's, it's probably both to be honest right. I, would, I, th- I think doing psychedelics for example mm. does open portals and gateways and channels for them to more easily readily take control yes. of your body because it's kind of like you're giving yourself over to the spirit vices so, and stuff like yeah, that so if, right? if you drink a full bottle of vodka right you have willingly given access to a chemical into your body to right. change your state it's mm. permission it's permission you're allowing it in to change you so in a right. sense it, what happens in the physical i think reflects in the spiritual as well i think so too they're not they're not disconnected yeah okay and we'll get into the dmt realm as we go mm. on and, and i'll yeah. explain how spirit what i understand about spiritual warfare that kind right. of explains this but what you do in the physical has serious consequences in the spiritual simultaneously mm. it's happening at the same time and the issue is most people in the western hemisphere especially the atheistic types the secular types they don't even know there is a spiritual realm, let alone the fact that there's also an army, a legion of disembodied spirits there just waiting for an opportunity to use you, you know? Right. And if you if you don't know they're there, they're happy. They're per- that's perfect. It's best for them you don't know they exist because then you can never find out that you can have control over them and kick them out of your body. Does uh, some kind of like come on... Also, um, 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 I'm tying to the whole like idea that like um, the devil's um, greatest like tr- um, 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 trick like was actually um, convincing you like like um, um, he actually um, um, d- didn't um, um, exist. Exactly, exactly. I mean, it's it's the best case scenario for us not to know he exists, right? Because then he can operate freely with no hindrances, right? And that's kind of always been the modus operandi of the Nephilim too, the disembodied spirits of the Nephilim, mm. which are demons okay so again this is kind of ties to what we were talking about earlier as well a lot of people think fallen angels are demons it's not true for demons are specifically the disembodied spirits of the children of fallen angels the nephilim right whether whether an angel is fallen or not it's still an angel they are not demons they are angels okay they never change they're still just as powerful and just as capable as they were before they became fallen fallen's a title it's not a state right okay they're not in a different lesser state now that they are fallen they may Mm. have been kicked out of their first estate which is heaven but they're still on actually make them (laughs) they're still powerful yeah they're Mm. very powerful they are interdimensional beyond our abilities and our perceptions and i think they can mess with matter and people in ways nephilim couldn't only dream of okay mm. but the nephilim are specifically bodiless 
or demons are specifically bodiless Nephilim. Because it's the thing, uh, the, the Watchers were punished for, for what they did. They created these monsters that were that were ruling over humanity and eating them. So mm-hmm. God did, did put an end to this before the flood. The punishment was that these Watchers now have to watch their children, the Nephilim, kill each other, battle each other. Because they wow. weren't very smart. And they started fighting each other over oh. petty, petty power battles. And Why, though? You know, I'm the I'm the better king than you. I deserve mm. to rule humans more than you. And they started killing each other, you know. And and it even says they turned on their own parents as well. And so that means the Watchers had to kill their own children who were trying to kill them. It was just a mess. And then after that, those Watchers were bound in chains, in, you know, in Tartarus. Done. Until the right. final end times revelation where the pits open back up for the final revelation. And that's the Baden who comes out of the pit is the leader of the watchers is Sam Yaza. It's Apollo. It's the same person. Okay. It's the same angel, shall we say the leader of the watchers. So that's what happened to them. And that's even before the flood. So that was kind of boxed off quite quickly before the flood. And the, but the thing is those spirits of those Nephilim who all killed each other, oh. they remain, they remained on earth. They didn't How leave. though? It's, it's just it's it's kind of it's an issue of having an immortal sim- spirit yeah right that's what they got from the you know because don't, don't forget we we didn't eat of the tree of life remember right. that we, as soon as we gained the knowledge of good and evil forbidden god, fruit god stopped us from going to the tree of life right. lest we live forever because the issue is if if we did get it when we died we too would get stuck on earth and keep going do you get what I mean? Mm. Yeah, and we get, yeah. We, and we get stuck in this DMT realm. So he kind of saved us from that happening by not allowing us to eat that second fruit. Okay. Mm. The thing is that, that by virtue of the Nephilim being this half divine angel thing, they kind of had that already. And that once they physically died, spiritually, as a spirit, they continued. They just continued. They never left. They never went anywhere. They didn't. Uh, it's appointed for us, as it says in the Bible, to sleep when we die until the final judgment. They don't have that courtesy. They just remain awake for eternity in what it could be defined as hell, you know, because right. they're in this place where they hunger and they thirst and have desires and wants and needs and they can't do anything. They don't have a body, you know, and that's kind of that's a demon by any right. standards. That's why we have demonic possession. That's why legions of these spirits end up in one body They, they, they do anything they can, you know, to to, to cling on to that minor little bit of pleasure they can gain from us, you know, and that's why Jesus came to give us that authority to cast them out. To, right. To say, you, you, you cannot be in here. The Holy spirit is in here. Not your, not you, not your spirits. You mm. know? And that's a lot of people don't realize that, but a lot of his ministry was him going around casting demons out of people for this very reason. It was that mm. final finishing off what was started when the watchers had to watch their children die. Okay, so now we have demons everywhere. Well, Christ came and gave Uh us authority over them. So it kind of finishes the war, you know? Uh, But the problem is their job now is to make sure we, well, don't find Christ, don't realize we have that authority over them, or if they can get away with it, make people not even believe they exist. So, so, like, like, um, 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 is there also like a um, part of the reason, like, why um, 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 the quote unquote people um, um, who are in power these days, like, like, so, like, focus on like, like keeping us like um, distracted, like, like, um, like, keeping us like doing all these um, um, low vibrational um, activities um, 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 and like, like, all, like all that type of stuff, like, like um, is actually um, because like, like all those low, low vibrational activities like, like are actually more conducive, like, like, um, 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 to, like allowing in the, the demonic possessions and what. 
Yeah, you're giving yourself over to certain spirits, which allows right. them in. Absolutely. So right. the lower basic instincts are what they're all about. They're all about pleasure, hedonism, right. satisfying those urges that they just can't quench themselves. Mm. They'll do that through you. So they can get as many people as possible doing the most depraved, pleasure-centered things, sen sensory-centered mm. things, rather than focusing on the spiritual, the higher things. Right. And that's perfect for them, because that's what they want to experience and do. There is no higher thing for them. They're stuck here. They, they're not going to heaven. They're not going anywhere. They're, they're remaining on Earth for eternity. Are they... Uh, uh, so, 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 like, um, um, these, uh, these um, Nephilim um, demons like, are actually stuck here like, um, um, forever? Well, until the final ju Ju judgment is, and then the, um, the old heaven and earth just get you know, and a new heaven and earth is great. Right. They'll get thrown in the lake of fire and basically destroyed mm. at the very end of time. But until then, we're we're stuck with them. It's kind right. of a constant. So, but it's not without hope. Jesus came and gave us authority over them, so they have no power over us. Should we take it? Right. You know, that's the point. You know, so it's not all hopeless. They're a defeated enemy, but our ignorance is what fuels them. The less we, the less we know, the more power they have. So this is right. why we have things like secret societies and occulted knowledge. Secret societies are humans who work with them, you know. And right. and there's a hierarchy to this spiritual war, like a military. You've got the fallen angels on top. You've got their children, the nephilim, on the bottom, and then you've got the physical humans below them who answer to each other, you know. And the secret societies, I would say, are the physical human foot soldiers for the spiritual demonic soldiers <laughs> right. who answer to the principalities in heaven, which are the angels, the fallen angels and their parents. You know, mm. it, it never stopped. They're a tightly oiled machine in that respect. It's a military operation. It's spiritual warfare. But it relies on our ignorance. So that's why everything's occulted. That's why hidden right. knowledge exists, you know, and that's why you have right. initiations and steps and degrees to learn these truths, you know, and that's why they can drip feed and control it to certain initiates to give them uh, that sense of grandiose. I have the knowledge, therefore I have power, you know, playing on the pride right. of humans to keep them within these societies, giving them stuff like power and money, you know, and it's, it's all just a ruse because ultimately the ultimate power is just having Jesus Christ and the Holy Spirit. You you, you defeat them instantly, you know. Right. But a lot of these other cultists like to believe that they have some kind of mystical power over the demons by doing the right incantations and making the right sigils or something. <laughs> but the truth is, they have no power over them. How, um, wait, wait, like, so how, how did like so the uh, so when it comes to like worshiping um, these nephilim, like um, how did that actually get started? Like um, in a sense. It started. It started in the very beginning, before the flood. Um, uh -huh. We had, uh, yeah, Cain's lineage. So you had Seth and Cain. Cain killed Abel, went off and did his own thing and created his own right. lineage. Then you had Seth's lineage. So it was the daughters of Cain, I believe, who created the Nephilim to begin with. It was kind of a the enemy of my enemy is my friend situation. And I think mm. the Watchers saw the fallen angels and Cain made a deal. And Cain said, "You could have my daughters." to ruin God's creation by all means go for it you know what I mean it was one of those right. and as a result um, Enoch Cain's first son so there's two Enochs first of all this is the bad one this is mm -hmm. Cain's firstborn Enoch child okay it seems like Enoch created mystery schools first and he's the one who then started to take all the knowledge which Cain had from Adam which Adam got from God the seven mm. sacred sciences, the knowledge of how the universe works, all the first knowledge from when he walked with God in Eden, all that knowledge. 
they occulted it. They kept it hidden to themselves and they used it to exert power over humanity. Interesting. You wait, know? wait. So, so, so like, is that like where like a concept of like the secret society is like started from? Like as way like, like him taking this knowledge and then like, like him hiding it like from everyone else? Yeah, that was the first time it happened, basically. Yeah, and from then on, you've got what we have today, thousands of different ones all purporting to have the answer, but it all comes right. back to this same thing, you know, this what Enoch did originally with the knowledge which Cain had, you know. And it was, it was you, you find it was all one big conspiracy. So first of all, the knowledge was occulted by Enoch, but then by the sixth generation, that's when, in the days of Jared from Seth's lineage, that's when the Watchers came along and said, let's make Nephilim, you know? So it wasn't straight away, um, but you'd find Enoch had already created a lot of cults by that point, uh, focused around sun worship or nature worship, things mm. like that, you know, taking the attention away from God, focusing more on the pagan ideals and the right. sun, let's say, or the moon or the stars right. or whatever it was, anything mm. else but God. Then when the fallen angels, the watchers started doing their thing, then you have pantheons of gods to start worshiping. So you, then you have these cults created that worship, all these um greek pantheons hindu pantheons all, all sorts of pantheons you know getting the right. angels involved in the religion and creating the gods plural rather than one god you know and then they had their children the demigods which are the nephilim you know right. what i mean yes. so this is this is greek mythology and biblical sense. mythology are the same just by different names i mean even even in greek mythology you have the titanokami which Zeus, is which um, is the battle the battle between the gods of olympus right and the titans well the yeah. gods of olympus are the watchers who created the titans who were killing them and it's a war between the fallen angels and their children the punishment god made them suffer you know it's just from a different perspective mm. it's just told mm. with a new cultural allegory with different names but it's the same story you know so, and, wait, wait, wait. so, so, so come based on that like come on what, what are your thoughts like so like i definitely heard that like, like, a lot of people like who actually claim like the bible like, is actually supposed to be like some allegorical like perspective but then like i've also i've like i've also like, started, started to like realize that like a lot of like the bible like should actually be taken like as like 100% like um, truth. And um, so, so where do you actually stand on that? This is, a, this is a, like the Bible actually being more allegorical, like more, more on the other hand, like, like totally literal. Well, Jesus did speak in parables to get his point across. Right. Wrong. But yes. that, you know, but that's, that's later on way after the Nephilim fact. Right. I think most of the, the old uh, history mm. is good. is good history. I, I think, think so the old, too. I think the old yeah. Testament, especially the Antichrist yeah. stories, I think it's history. Right. Mm. And as written from the perspective of the Jews, you know, of the right. Israelites, mm. it's, their, it's their history. They're not making yes. it up. And it, right. what they discuss and talk about as a time before, and they talk about the watchers mating with women and creating these monsters. Well, that's the same story every other mythos around the earth has. Every other culture, it's the oh. same story. So I think it's true history. I think it really happened. I don't just think it's, so. Like, yeah. so can you just think a lot of like other like, cultures that come up have like taken it like and like put and like brought those stories like means like their own like perspectives and yeah. like like the stories themselves like are actually true. It's just like taken like and like constructed differently. Absolutely, yeah, no, absolutely. I mean, so we're talking about Nephilim being created, okay? right? So the story is from the biblical perspective. Fiery flying serpents, seraphim angels, known as the Watchers at the time, mm. mixed with human women and created giants. Okay. Right. And they created a hybrid creature, which then became the kings and rulers, the builders of ancient civilization. 
Okay. Interesting. Let's go to Australia. Australia Australia have this myth of the flying rainbow serpent mm. in the skies who created the earth, so probably helped God create the earth in the beginning, maybe, or some part of it. They created rain god, thunder god offspring, which came to earth called the Wangina, okay? And the Wangina taught mankind how to build their civilizations. It's the same story. Wait, wait, wait. It's like, then <laughs> it's like, it's like, like also tends to, tends to, like, behind like masonry, like, like, the, like, like the Freemasonry. Like, so, so, so could this have actually been started by the Nephilim, possibly even? Oh, yeah. I mean, the first builders of the megalithic structures were giants. Right. I believe, yes. I believe it was the Nephilim. That's I, the easy, simple answer so, to how these things were built, you know? Yeah. Giants made them. It's like playing with Lego to them. Yeah. It wasn't a big deal, you know what right. I mean? Um, you have to get all weird about it with anti-gravity technology or something. Right. Yeah, you yeah. know what I mean? It was just giants just playing playing with little blocks, you know yeah. what I mean? Like That's all it was to them. Um, but I think a lot of these builders, the, the builders of civilization cults, did come afterwards, especially with Nimrod, who built the tower, try and get to heaven. Tower try of to, Babel. And it does seem like the Tower of Babel event was trying to recreate a new Mount Hermon event. So it's described that the Watchers were on Mount Hermon, a big mountain, mm. and that's where the stuff happened to create Nephilim. So it's like Nimrod, after the flood, tried to create a, a building tall enough to reach the heavens to do the same thing again. And Nimrod is equated as the first Master Mason, the first builder, the first one to, you know, and the first one to gain the knowledge after the flood and then use it to attempt to build a tower to heaven. You know, that's right. the whole point. So he was acquainted as one of the first master masons, I suppose, but mm. it wasn't really formalized until around King Solomon's period with uh, Harima Biff as well, his site, his architect. Right. Like also, isn't there also a lot like behind the whole like Freemason like story, like like ties into like Harima Biff, like as well as like humiliation rituals? Yeah. Yeah. So Harima Biff was said to have been beaten to death by three men who hmm. wanted the knowledge and he died with the knowledge refusing to give it okay to so they in the third degree of freemason they recreate that event right and it's kind of like they pretend they beat the initiates to, to prove the point that he will keep the secrets you know what right. I mean? and it's to his death and that you know if you to give up the secrets we will kill you type of thing that's basically yeah. what they're trying to say so they've created a ritual based on that yes but and um, people have said you know Harima Biff isn't a real person it's it's mm. a formalized retelling of people like Osiris or other characters throughout history mm. you can get really gnosticky about it and start blurring those lines and too right. metaphorical about it he likely was a real person who mm. had the knowledge and also formalized the system into a secret society type thing right and um, King Solomon is seen also as one of the first master masons as well he also had the knowledge you know and and he was the builder of the temple and mm. free freemasons are kind of obsessed with trying to recreate solomon's temple why is that though <sighs> why are they so um, um, obsessed with that idea because they believe solomon 
had the knowledge and in his temple it was kind of inscribed a lot of the knowledge was inscribed in the temple of of what it means to to have a relationship with god directly or the grand architect mm. of the universe as they would call it um don't forget king solomon had the ring from god he had power over the demons because of it he used demons to help him build the temple as well okay. and i think it's kind of it's i think it's kind of an idolization of the first mason the first right. temple the first one to build a temple with the eight with the power over through the knowledge he had power over the demons and that's kind of what secret societies today yeah do. yeah they promise power by working with demons and so right. it's kind of like it's kind of like just an idol in a way you know he's he's right he's, he's idolized by them as a as a mm. integral figure in the creation of the first secret societies right that's all it really is there's not much more to it than that you know right. and, yeah yeah, and yeah. They, they mystify these characters a lot like for sake of allegory and story about what it means to be a mason or a builder of culture and civilization modeled right. after the original builders of culture and civilization the, the nephilim the nephilim you know you know what i mean that's it. that's kind of the hit that's the secret that's the secret you know mm. so you know um for example you know i'm, I'm talking about the nephilim looking like clowns so it's, it's fundamentally right, yes. based off that first thing i told you that a hybrid between a snake and a human would look insane okay it wouldn't look like a human you always see these images of Nephilim everywhere on YouTube videos. It's always like right. really big hench looking Conan the Barbarian looking men with huge pec muscles, big right. long brown hair and beards, bulging biceps. It's like the two human. That's not what they would have looked like. It's likely they would look like a mix between a reptile and a human. So let's break that down, shall we? Then we'll talk about mm, clowns. Yes, along yes. with it. So first of all, a clown in the, in the Western world, as we understand it, the base is white skin red hair that's mm. the base of a clown okay mm. you, just from that alone you don't really have a clown but that's what most clown is a that's th that's the template okay well that right. funnily enough is the common descriptor describe all of the nephilim they had porcelain white skin and mm. they had red hair blood red hair crazy shining red hair often right. it was gold as well they have gold hair as well as another common one but fundamentally it was it was red with white skin even mm. most modern encounters we have where people meet giants like uh, the Paiute Indians of North America, for example, who had mm. to deal with these cannibalistic giants <laughs> that they had to kill and go to war with. Right. White porcelain skin, red hair. You know, uh, the giant of Kandahar incident is a really popular one in the circles. It was a really pale skinned, red haired giant. You know, that's kind of just the base. That's the base of any Nephilim creature. Mm. And I think, I think they inherited this from Cain's lineage. Because um, people have argued what the Mark of Cain is for a long mm -hmm. time. But there is a book called The Book of Lamech of Cain, which was released by the Vatican only two years ago, actually, which gives the perspective of Cain's lineage during the antediluvian age, the pre-flood time. Mm -hmm. And it, his son, his great-great-great-great-grandson, like six generations down, is called Lamech. And Cain and Lamech is like, why do we have porcelain white skin? Why is our this is our this is our curse given to us from our great grandfather Cain? We have mm. this poor, we look like vampires. We have white skin like this. You know right. what I mean? Not like me with a bit of pink and red. <laughs> Looking white, paper white. You know. Right. And, and they were like, you know, this is the curse we got from our uh, grandparents. But it's like, and he's trying to go on a quest to find out who did Cain marry exactly to create mm. all these people. And it's kind of like, and but. It, you can go on forever about the book of Lamech of Cain, but one thing it tells you is that the mark of Cain was porcelain white skin. Now that would match up with the descriptions of the Nephilim 
right. if it was the daughters of Cain who had this porcelain white skin who mm. mated with the Watchers. So that's kind of I right. think, that's where the white, I think wow. that might be where the white skin comes from. That's okay. really interesting. Yeah, it just that alone and the fiery red hair. I think that's mm. a that's a a fallen angel thing. That's a fiery flying serpent motif. Right. They were called they were called the glowing ones in other cultures. You know, mm. um, North American cultures refer to them as the glowing ones as well. I think they had like an aura about them because they were half angel. I think they had this glowing, pearlescent, shimmering thing going on. You know what I mean? Like like mm. the vampires in Twilight had shimmering. Right. Skin. I think that's true in a sense. They had this pearlescentness to it because don't forget a reptile mixed with mammal skin. Reptilian skin, mammal skin coming together. It would be like a scaly, right? It would be scaly but flat at the same time with like Mm. a shininess to it, and it would just be so bizarre. And I reckon, you know, if you if you look at any snake or reptile or lizard, they're very colorful. They have a lot of patterns all over them. They're very psychedelic, colorful creatures. Mm. And I think the Nephilim not only would have a base whiteness to them, I think they would have had this psychedelic colored reptilian style patterns all over them in some weird way. You know, even maybe black and white check is a really common one. If you look at the underbelly of a common British corn snake, it's black and white squares going all the way down, you know, checker patterns. Right. Snakes can have those patterns. And I think maybe the Nephilim did too. But when you look at the costume of a modern day clown, it's nothing but these psychedelic fractal colored patterns. Yeah. And these uh-huh. stripes and lines, you know. So the Nephilim would have looked like clowns not only by virtue of the clown costume being very similar, but also by the virtue of the white grease face paint and the red hair. Now let's get to the facial features. You lizards or snakes, mm-hmm. they can dislocate their jaw in order to eat their prey. They can get around it and just keep going down and down. Right. They can have a very wide maw. You know, mm. and I think the humans, the Nephilim, would have developed that same feature and therefore had very wide, grin looking mouths, lips, very thin, wide lips, like a huge, big Joker jester smile from the front. You look at the front of a viper, it looks like it's smiling at you because of the nature of right, how yeah. his mouth is. It wasn't, really, it wasn't really smiling, it's just the way the mouth rests. But I think that's again. A clown feature as well, mm-hmm. big wide smile. They got it from yeah. mimicking the Nephilim uh-huh. with a big wide smile. Interesting. Now, now remember that snakes don't have lips, but we do. Now imagine big red lips on a big wide smile mixed together. I think that's like what the clown. clown that's the clown makeup, mm-hmm. the big red wide smile. Mm-hmm. It could also be metaphorical or symbolic for the cannibalistic nature of the Nephilim eating humans all the time, having B- blood around them. Blood around right. It that could be that, sense. you know, but it mm. also could be just a very literal feature. You know, a reptile with big red lips would look weird, like a mm. big smiling clown monster in front of you, you know. So they had big eyes, huge eyes. Again, like serpents have these big bulging eyes. Yeah. Um, you'll find, you know, I think clowns often put makeup on to exaggerate the size of their brow ridges. They make them look really tall, don't they? And that's mm. actually often painted in with blue shadow. If you do that, paint big black lines and then color it in blue. If the clown closes his eyes, it looks like it has giant blue glowing eyes. Uh-huh. Because the, ne- the Nephilim also had big, giant glowing eyes, multicolors, many colors. And I think they also had a reptilian slit rather than a big round pupil by virtue of being half snake, half human. Clowns mm. often paint a slit going down the eye as well. Because everything right. about a clown is a perfectly crafted, designed, sculpted symbol to metaphorically represent Nephilim features. 
and there's wait, a wait, 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 wait. So then, like, based on that, like, like I'm, I'm, how did clowns like I'm, I'm, I'm first like, come about in like modern culture? Sure. So we'll go through the history of that and mm. explain exactly why we have it. Mm. So first of all, just to quickly summarize the clown features, all being references to the Nephilim. We've done the face, you know, with big wide yeah. smile. Uh, the slits down the eyes, the wild hair, the elongated forehead or the skull cap. Nephilim have found elongated skulls everywhere. They're Nephilim skulls. The Nephilim too would have had big, long, thinner, long stretched out skulls. Um, and that's why clowns have these skull caps on as well. So it accentuate mm. the height of the head. Um, clowns often wear really big shoes because they have giant feet because right. they're giant. Uh, clowns oh, wow. wear stilts quite often to represent how tall they are because they're representing mm, giants. It's all it's all tongue-in-cheek references uh-huh. to, to Nephilim features. So that's boxed off. That's why the clown looks like a Nephilim and why the Nephilim would have looked like clowns. Okay, they're, yeah. they're, they're very similar in nature. A clown is a caricature of the real deal. Okay, that's what it yeah. is. It's like a cartoonified version of what the Nephilim truly would have looked like. Terrifying monsters to behold, really psychedelic, weird-looking things, okay? So let's go into the history of why we even have a modern clown and how this happened. So originally, this all comes from something called the Camille Delart movement, which kind of developed through the, the Middle Ages up into the 16th century, where it really became public again. Prior to that, it was a relatively underground movement because of the highly Catholicized Europe. It wasn't really allowed to have these performances. You know, Street art and theater performances were considered something of the devil at the time. So they were a very underground culture up until about the 1600s, that Enlightenment period where art flourished everywhere again. Mm-hmm. And this is where we kind of start to see the first real proto-Western clowns become a thing. Okay, Prior to that, yes, every culture has had a clown-like buffoon character one way or the other. Of course they have. Greek theatre, Roman theatre, they had their own versions, the Sandos. Jest- yeah. um, um, jesters also, I guess. Yeah, yeah. All throughout the Middle Ages, there were jesters, absolutely, mm. which were like courtly uh, jesters and fools for the kings and the courts and the rich people. The ones who were allowed to have that kind of thing during the Middle Ages, you know what I mean? <laughs> like no, right. no one else was. Um, mm. So a lot of these performers, which came out of Greece and Rome, after the collapse of Rome in like 500 AD, and they found a lot of their work by becoming jesters for kings and private shows because they weren't allowed to do public theater shows anymore. That's kind mm-hmm. of how they, a lot of these jesters came about, out-of-work actors trying to find a gig to keep themselves fed. <laughs> so a lot of yeah, them became yeah. the, the the court jesters. You know, That's where that phenomenon mm-hmm. kind of arose. But even then, that, they were on, their clothing is only real mod, really modeled after the king. They have the fake crown, the scepter, the pompous clothing that the king would wear. They were were meant to keep the king rounded, weren't they? Mock the king. You know, they were the only ones who were allowed to denigrate the king type of thing. Mm. But they had very little to do with Nephilim, the jester image. It wasn't really really connected then, okay? And even then going into the past, there's always been this thing called uh, clown societies. Mm. And, you know, the idea of a clown-like backwards person in a society being a very important religious figure has always been around it's always been there as a, as a means so i think there's always been like a connection to the nephilim through certain societies and cultures i mean the right. hayoka for example is an ancient symbol for north american tribes who have this this clown character with black and white stripes all over it were were silly red shoes as well funnily enough you know <laughs> but they're, they're they're venerated in their culture as extremely important necessary figures in order to keep society society working properly interesting and you, you call the, and they become like the shamans of the group 
And these right. are known as clown societies. So they've kind of always been around. Uh -huh. but, but the Western clown isn't that. It's something else, okay? So this is what I'm trying to explain where we got our image right. from of, of a clown. So our image comes from something called the Comede dell'Arts movement, which came out of Italy after the collapse of Rome and traveled all throughout Europe. And it was a group of traveling actors who would go from city to city, putting up a quick stage, putting on a quick improvised show with a group of stock characters. People would give them money, they'd pack up and go to the next that's all they would do. Okay. That's called the Comida Lance. Mm -hmm. And they did that for a good, like 800 years. Okay. Wow. And, and they developed a lot through that time. Many troops arose and grew out of that time, you know, doing their own thing inspired by them. But the stock characters pretty much stayed the same. It was like, uh, maybe like eight to 16 characters. And they were all based on characters people could relate to. The rich mm -hmm. man, the soldier, the policeman, the daughter of the rich man, the servants, you know, the, the clown fool-like character or the drunk, the town drunk. They all had their own stock version, you know what I mean? And they all had mm -hmm. they all did they did it by wearing masks. Really grotesque, mm -hmm. horrible looking big nose masks with like horrible angle faces, you know. And they were right. all in in their own way a type of clown. Oh. They're all they're all comedy characters. They all had a role to play in, in the comedy, you know. Mm -hmm. But there was one specific character that kind of got added in the 1600s. And he was a new character that got added called Harlequin. Now, this is the first true proto-clown. Okay, so Harlequin was... Well, it was mod modeled after Arlecchino, which came out of the Bologna area of Italy, the Mediterranean region. Um, mm. And he was kind of... Um, he was also a servant. The servant mm. of the rich man is the role Harlequin played. But Harlequin was kind of fused... The image of a jester-like creature was fused with the image of something called the Wild Man of Europe. So these traveling groups picked up an extra character because everywhere they went in Europe, they found they all had this weird tradition they did every year around winter period called the Wild Man tradition. Uh -huh. And they all dressed up in horned beast, hairy, psychedelic, colored, patterned clothing <laughs> and had a wild party. And then they fasted afterwards for like 40 right. days and it's and but they all dressed like these hairy wild bigfoot looking horned beast monsters called the oh. wild man and it's everywhere it was every country in europe spanning thousands of miles they all had their own version of it with different styles and ways of doing it sure but it was always the same like it was it was this representation of a demonic monster right. and that's what they modeled harlequin after the wild man so mm. Harlequin, the name Harlequin, it only comes from, it's pronounced Arlecchino, Arlecchino, so Harlequin, mm. in it's Italian they call it Arlecchino. Arlecchino is based off a French wildman character called Helikins. So mm. Helikins is a very huge giant with a club covered in hair who had a band of monsters who followed him everywhere, demons right. who followed him everywhere. So he was a Nephilim. <laughs> Right. It was a Nephilim creature, okay? A right. giant Nephilim monster. And Harlequin's clothes were modeled after the way people dress like this hairy creature. And mm. it's multicolored, patterned patches all over the skin with tufts of hair sticking out. So whatever these wild men looked like that these people were modeling after were pretty colorful creatures. And right. they reflected that in the Harlequin character. So mm. Harlequin becomes a member of the Comedia Arts. And he mm. plays the demonic role. His character is the demon. 
He's fast. He's fleet of foot. He can barrel roll and flip flop all over the place like he's flying. He's kind of like Mercury of Greek mythology. And he's also slightly modeled after Mercury, which mm. comes from the Roman Greek traditions through the theaters into there. You know, and he, he has the slapstick, which is supposed to be the club of the wild man. But he has this stick and he slaps the stage and the whole scene changes magically. He has really? magical. He has magical powers. He's oh. kind of be. He's kind of beyond the, the play. He breaks the fourth wall all the time. You know what I mean. He's kind of. He's supposed to be the demon. That's what mm. Harlequin plays in these early sixteen hundreds plays. He plays the demon, and then as as hundreds of years pass into the eighteen hundreds, and then the, you know we'll stop at the eighteen hundreds for now. Oh. Harlequin. Harlequin had changed in that two hundred year period. He had become a, a lot less demonic. And became a lot more foolish, a lot more stupid. He started to just chase after the daughter of the rich man. So most of Harlequin's acting, his character would play the role of stealing the daughter of the rich man and running away with her. And then the comedy would arise from the rich old man chasing after Harlequin and his daughter with his servant, uh, Clown. So oh. Clown Clown was a servant of the rich man, and so was Harlequin. And the comedy came from Clown and the rich man trying to get the daughter back from Harlequin, who was running away from her. And he's right. kind of he wasn't really a demonic character anymore, Harlequin. He kind of lost his mm. edge and he became more of a lovesick doting fool. So that's mm. kind of so something happened in the British pantomimes, the British versions of this. They took Clown and made him like Harlequin, a demonic wow. character. To replace Harlequin, because Harlequin, Harlequin wasn't as fun anymore, uh, and they need okay. they needed a new demonic energy, uh -huh. so they so they made Clown that character instead. Mm. Okay, and and there was a switch done in the 1800s to make this happen. Now you have to remember, Clown, up until the 1800s, wasn't a particularly special character. He was made, um, what's his name? Uh, Poirot was the French version of the Clown. So mm. every every part of Europe had their own kind of stylized version of the comedic characters for the French version of clown. Don't forget they had Harlequin, which is pretty much the same as everywhere else. But the French version of clown was like a, a really sad, pathetic thing that everyone felt sorry for. And he, right. he's, and Poirot wore the, the white cone, the big white rose with the big black pom-poms. And he was like, he played like a sad character who always mm. wanted to get the love of Columbine but she only wanted Harlequin, so he was sad. You know, that was kind mm. of his thing. You know, he had the tears coming down his eyes, big sad expressions. The sad clown thing came from Poirot in France. But Britain went the other way. They turned clown into like a drunken, loud brute who was eating sausages and drinking beer and stuff. And right. they found like, oh, well, this version of clown it's better. It's fun. It's, it, yeah. It's, yeah. So, 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 it's like, 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 white servant garb no color just white and it was rags it was droopy it was loose it had nothing special he wasn't he wasn't supposed to be noticeable that's the point you know really the, fr the french clown added black pom-poms but that's really it still white mm -hmm. still baggy still boring okay mm -hmm. so the british clown 
kind of started to go through a different change during this period. And this is how it happened. So a man called Charles Dibdin Jr. Okay, so remember that. Charles Dibdin Jr. Mm-hmm. Took, took control of Sadler's Wells Theatre in 1799. Okay, just the, the turn of the century for the 1800s. Okay. Right. And he decided... I'm going to change the costume of the clown for the first. This has never been done in hundreds of years. The clown's mm-hmm. costume has not changed much in hundreds of years. This guy comes along and decides, nah, I'm going to dress him like a multicolored psychedelic looking monster out of nowhere. Uh-huh. <laughs> like, And it's never explained why he did that anywhere. Just that he did. Wait, 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 Why did this guy um, have any power though? Um, 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 to actually do that, he he became the the managing director of the theater. It mm-hmm. was under, under his control how the shows went. He right. was controlled everything. It, the power was given to. He was hired by somebody called Richard Hughes, who mm-hmm. owned the theater, but he didn't mm-hmm. really take part in managing the actors or anything. He hired somebody else to do that. Mm-hmm. Um, so. Charles Dibdin Jr. came along and was hired to do that. Now, mm-hmm. this is the thing. Charles Dibdin Jr. is the son of Charles Dibdin Sr. Charles right. Dibdin Sr. was an incredibly famous music writer, playwright, poet writer, musician of the era, who was also a Freemason member of the Lodge Number no. 2926 from Leicestershire. That okay. makes perfect sense now. All right. Now so Charles Dibdin Sr. was an incredibly famous person of the day. Uh, the most famous musician of the day. Like an extremely powerful music media mogul of the mm-hmm. era. You know what I mean? He was he was right. he was the big dog of the time. And his son was given the privilege of taking over one of the most important theaters in London of that time, uh-huh. too. And his son went on to change the clown to dress like what looks like a demonic monster. Right. And, can, and no one knows why. It's, again, it's never explained why he did it. Just that he needs to make his mark on the industry, so he did it. Uh-huh. Okay. But I found out why. I looked, This is what my book is going into, and this is what mm. all of my research is about. It turns out the Dibdins loved India. Um, mm. Charles Dibdin Sr.'s brother, Thomas, was a member of the East India Company, which is the British navy of the time who was colonizing india so they were taking over east india around calcutta region going into it and they were basically colonizing india take britain was taking over india at that, at that time period of history they were mm. just getting their foothold there and uh, charles dibdin's brother thomas you know was there all the time and charles dibdin senior his brother visited you know mm. regularly spent really? time in the newly colonized areas of india and mm. they brought back with them a lot of knowledge and information as a Freemason would about right. the dim- about the demonic law of India. You know, they brought mm. it with them. They brought the iconography back with them. And I, I believe his son probably had the exact same knowledge, the exact same information who took over the industry you know, of the theater. That makes sense. And it seems like, and I've looked into this and you can watch my videos about this and I've shown oh. the comparisons it seems like they've modeled the new costume of a clown after a Rakshasa demon of India. They dress the same on the temples. They're wearing the same clothes. They're wearing the same patterns. And the Rakshasa demons of India 
are Nephilim by biblical wow. standards. They're exactly the same. They're That's the same story. They are hu they're like snake human hybrid yeah. monsters uh -huh. and giants, you know. And they ate right. humans and they, you know, they subjugated mankind. They became the evil kings and rulers. They ate humanity. They had wow. these big, wide, horrible grins with sharp teeth, big bulging eyes, psychedelic colored skin. They have it all. They are the uh -huh. Nephilim. And the ones that are on the temples in that whole region, going up to Thailand, to the Philippines, all the way down to Bali, you know, they all have this representation of a rakshas, a demon, and they mm. dressed like how a clown was dressed from the temples. Is it? And I've, I show, I've showed it in the video. They're identical. Uh -huh. and that's, cl that's clearly where the inspiration came from. Right. To dress the clown character like a demon in order to replace Harlequin, who was no longer had that edge of a right. demonic character. Clown became the new demonic character. Harlequin mm. took a back seat. But both characters, Harlequin and Clown, modeled after demons. Nephilim, wow. specifically. The wild man of Europe for Harlequin, the Rakshasa demon of India for Clown. So clowns, fundamentally, and by the way, Joseph Grimaldi, the mm. actor who wore the costume, he is called the father of all clowns. He is given all the credit. Everyone thinks he created that image. Everyone thinks he invented what a clown looks like they call it right. the joe they call it the joey clown and all right. other clowns afterwards copied that style uh -huh. all the way all the way up to today the style hasn't changed much okay right that's where we get a modern image of a clown from and joseph grimaldi is given all the credit but he didn't create the image of a clown it was the son of a prominent freemason called charles right. dibden Okay, but that's so, not that's not really told in the history books. They don't tell uh, you that. You can go right. and find it. You can go and find all this information. It is there. It's documented. But any book about clowns gives all the credit to Joseph Grimaldi all the time. Right. He was he was just an actor. He he just put on the really? costume. He really? wasn't. He had nothing to do with creating the uh, image of a clown. You know what I mean? Yeah. And um, it said later on, a few years later, he made some modifications to the image. To make uh -huh. it his own. To make it his own. Did so he, he was... know it now? What's that? So, so like, um, did him, Joseph Grimaldi like, um, actually make any changes? Um, or um, no? He, I don't think he, he just... really knew. I don't think he knew it was modeled after a demon in any right. when he wore the costume. But the changes he made is he made the makeup a bit more exaggerated profound i guess yeah but the makeup was already there but he made right. it a bit he made it a bit more because this is the thing every clown has their own style right and there's a thing called a clown index all right and, <laughs> really? and, and you can't you can't steal another clown's look it's kind of uh -huh. like a it's kind of like a rule in the clowning world you make once you make your image of a clown that's yours and it's like a sin to copy it no one uh -huh. else can copy it and what they do is they paint an egg with the makeup of a clown that you've made and they put it in the index and that's it then like really? you, own, you own that image from then on that's your clown you know that's so joseph grimaldi basically made his own he made his own version of the thing he was already wearing which was this fractious uh, and demon dress you know what i mean right um, but that's all he did he did but he didn't create the psychedelic image of a clown like it was this freemason's son who and let's let's be honest his son was probably a member too there's just right. no record there's Pro no record probably. of it but you know but his son was probably a member too yeah which is why that change was made if not he was doing it on behest of his father he was mm. doing it for his father either way you know and yeah that's that's where we get a modern image of a clown from it's literally modeled after a reaction and if i didn't need any more confirmation uh -huh. after i had made all of these connections myself just through 
reading the history, looking at the histories of different cultures, making the connection through my years of research of following all these ancient Hindu cultures, Bali cultures. I just knew I made, I just saw the patterns and put the pieces together. Uh-huh. And then, then like two days later, somebody sends me a random email and says, yeah, I watched your Rakshasa video. And um, if you go to season two, episode two of Supernatural, an American TV show, mm-hmm. which I've never seen, by the way, I've never seen the show. I don't, uh-huh. I don't, I don't really watch TV. I've never it, seen turns, it, it, it turns <laughs> out that episode mm-hmm. is specifically about a circus clown who gets children to invite him into their home and then he eats the parents. Wow. That's kind of that's kind of his game, all right. <laughs> and it turns out, you know, spoiler alert, if you uh-huh. haven't seen this, it came out in 2006, by the way. Uh-huh. So this is this is way before any of my research. Right. You know I mean? <laughs> yeah. It it turns out they discover this is a Rakshasa demon <laughs> who right. who goes around eating people. And wow. he looks like a, and in the show, he looks like a clown. So they were telling you years ago in media the truth. Remember, like, does the show actually mention anything when it comes up to the Nephilim? Or, no, or, no, right? no. Just the, the, the two main characters are like demon hunters, aren't they? Right. I mean, that's the kind, that's the uh-huh. shtick, isn't it? The and they, they, they find out in this small town, these people are going missing and they go and investigate and they discover in the end that this, this, Rakshasa demon is posing as a clown in the circus in order to get children to let them in their home so they can eat people. Mm. You gotta, you've got to let you've got to let the demon in. You've got to give them right. permission type of thing. You know what I mean? But whatever. That, that's all like fictional stuff added on right. top of yeah, it. Yeah. Know? But the point is, they linked a clown to the Rakshasa demon in that show. Uh-huh. I mean, they've made that connection perfectly, and right. and it's like they know they know. The knowledge, you know, these people that make these shows already know all the occult hidden revelation stuff. of the method. Yeah, right? so they they put it in that show, thinking no one's going to understand the connection. No one's uh-huh. going to get it. You know what I mean? But I figured it out like yeah. you know, 10, 10 years later, like uh-huh. fifteen years later. I make the connection on my own. Right. It's like the history clearly shows. Yeah, the the first clown in Britain when the mm. costume change happened, it was modeled after Hindu demons. Yeah. Right. Wait, 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 wait. So, like, what do you actually think of the purposes? Like, like when it comes to like, like hiding the history behind the Nephilim, like, as well as like, like, I'm, like, I'm hiding the history behind the clowns too. Well, the, the purpose is that it's actually no simple thing to dress like a clown. It's not a fun situation like they've made it right. out to be. Okay. So, the, so, this is where my work predominantly tries to explain that, you know. Mm-hmm. These cultures around around the world, you know, then there's many have what's called an ancestor spirit worship practice. Okay, it's their ancient old religion, mm-hmm. and what they do in their rituals is they dress like ancestor spirits, as they call them, mm-hmm. in order to be possessed by them. That's the point. That's the goal. The Why goal though? is for power, and uh... for information, for knowledge. Okay, because mm-hmm. they believe that. These ancestors, they call them, they don't mean it like we do in English. Mm. Okay, they don't mean grandma gotcha. or granddad. They don't mean your brothers or sisters. They don't oh. mean long great, 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 great grandfathers. They mean ancestors as in ancient builders of their civilization. The ancient old ones, the old right. gods. That's what their ancestors are. The ones who created their culture. Oh. Going, way, going way, way, way back to the beginning 
the Nephilim, the ones who built the megalithic structures, created the infrastructure, ruled over them, subjugated them, made humanity a slave race of some kind. You know, those right. ones, that's who they're talking about when they say ancestors. OK, and to dress mm -hmm. like them, they dress like psychedelic, multicolored, crazy pattern clown <laughs> things just with their own cultural differences. It's, right. it's always the same. It's always the mm. same, and, and usually it comes with whiting up the skin in some way with chalk paint, painting the lips red, adding polka dots all over their skin, putting on a big feathery red fiery headdress of some kind, a lot like what we would call a clown, clown. by Western standards. Mm. Wild red hair, white skin. It's the same thing. Now, in these ancestor spirit worship cultures, you know they dress like the thing to be possessed by the thing to gain power from the thing. Right when we dress like a clown what do we think we're doing it's just um, a bit of fun for doing the kids. funny right fun for the kids right it's nothing right. but that's, that's not that's not the case if they know what they're doing when they dress that way okay that's great mm -hmm. they know they, they don't even hide it they tell you that's what they're doing yeah just because we're just because we're ignorant of it when we do the same thing we're we're doing the same thing whether we're ignorant of it or not we're allowing them to take over our bodies now this is the secret you, you'll realize this now I've said it. This is what all famous musicians do, artists do. Mm. Anybody who's in a position of some kind of creative power of some kind in the industry, the secret isn't having talent. You know, if you ever thought it was about being a good artist, throw that out the window now. Right. The real secret is to dress like a psychedelic clown monster. If you do that, you will be elevated to the top. <laughs> yeah, you will be. And that's... Uh -huh. um, uh, a good example is um, David Bowie. Right. Straight away. Red hair, pale white skin. He got the mm -hmm. basics down, didn't he? Red lipstick, psychedelic fractal color clothing of some kind. He's dressing like the Nephilim in order to channel the Nephilim, in order to put the Nephilim in positions of authority over humanity again mm -hmm. and worship over humanity like they were in the past when they were right. rulers. You, he, all he does is become a channel for them so then they can live vicariously through his body and his life. Wow. And he's rewarded for that with fame, mm -hmm. fortune, adulation. You know, he gets his house, he gets all his money. That's the point. They get stuff for doing it. You know? yeah. But uh -huh. what, what they also do then is they become an idol that other people want to emulate. Right, yeah, yeah. So, so, so like someone's just like, oh, I'm tied into the whole like, like, kind of, like, when it comes to um, um, celebrity worship. Like, um, so, yeah. so, 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 so like, how, many, how many kids like, like, can go to, go to these concerts um, and sing along to, to all these demonic lyrics? Like, um, and then like, in the same breath, like, everyone like, is essentially worshipping the people like, who are like, on them stage and stuff. Exactly. And this is not but the thing. People then look at them and their idols and go, I want to be like them. So right. what do they do? They dress like them. Emulate them. And now you're getting yes. more people dressing like the Nephilim, wow. which in turn opens more portals for them people uh -huh. to be easily possessed by them. Because the thing, as we mentioned at the start of this podcast, what you do in the physical realm has effects in the spiritual. Right. Yes. If you mirror mm. something in the spiritual realm, you create a portal uh -huh. okay by mirroring them by copying them you are bringing yourself closer to the veil and creating a, a thinner veil for them to get through you're creating a channel when mm -hmm. you dress like the thing the spirit you're channeling the spirit that's what all these ancestor right. spirit worship cultures do and they dress like clowns to do that they just don't call it a clown 
because they don't know what a clown is by our Western standards. They, yeah. they have their own way of doing it, you know. And it goes mm. to my channel, watch my entire series, is like 43 episodes, and I go through all the cultures all over yeah. the and show what they dress like to do their things, and you mm. will start to see the pattern. They all look like clowns. That's so and, and what the secret what the secret societies did in that period of time is they introduced into modern media the theatre of the age, the most mm. popular form of media of the time, the theatre the pantomime they introduced a demon <laughs> and right. he became incredibly popular because the actor was so brilliant and funny and hilarious mm. other people then copied him to be like him and then from that day forth the image of a nephilim demon was then popularized in western media and what do they call it we call it a clown but right. that's, that's not what it, it's not fun for the kids that's just the occult hidden meaning that they want you to take they want mm. you to take that it's just a bit of fun for the children that's, that's called so interesting that's called the wow. exoteric understanding that's what oh. they want the, that's what they want the profane masses to know mm. esoterically secretly hidden meaning stuff it represents the nephilim and it's used as a tool to channel them okay yeah. but this is the thing why do you think shriners exist with their own clown sex every shriner sect has a clown section where the members have to dress up like clowns. And uh -huh. they say it they say it's to go and entertain the children at their shrine at hospitals. Okay. Uh -huh. But the truth is it's it's because they're channeling their gods. It's like um, um, how much of like um, Halloween like it compares into this concept of, um also it does. It really does. Um, every year, you'll find they'll popularize the clown in modern media in some way. They'll bring mm. out a new clown-related monster or film or a new Joker will come around or something yeah. like that. In Joker order to popularize movies. the idea that you should dress like a clown, mm -hmm. they'll, they'll, they'll do a new reboot of Pennywise or something like that, or right. they'll bring a new Harlequin movie out, or they'll bring a new Joker style out in some way, or they'll make a new Joker killer like, like Art the Clown from the Terrifying mm -hmm. movies. They'll always pump a new clown every year in the hopes that people dress like them. Wow. The more people they have dressing like these things, the more channels they're opening up. Right. And you'll, you'll find, you know, if you want to get really controversial with all this type mm. of stuff, um, there's a particular group of people who are very anti-God, very, let's say, liberal-leaning, who mm. have all coalesced together into a collective who are very colourful and multicoloured is kind of their thing. You right. know what I mean? Yeah, they, yeah, yeah, yeah. like to colour their hair a crazy yes. colour, dehumanise themselves, shave themselves in uh -huh. some way, clown themselves up, some might say. It makes you right. wonder what's the spirit behind this movement. That's when you start to understand the Nephilim looks like right. it, you can start to see what's coming through manifesting into the physical, you know. These are reflections uh -huh another you know and it's thing it's, it's a know your enemy situation once you mm. know that demons look like clowns you can start to understand why we have a clown world today right you know what i mean you can start to understand these things a bit better symbolically and um, i mean what really solidified this for me what set it off was in 2016 we had the clown sightings do you remember them uh, and oh um wait wait wait, wait. did they have to with like the clowns like come on these subways or something like that yeah or? they were every they were everywhere they right. were just appearing on street corners and and on the edges of forests they were just standing there looking menacing with like balloons uh -huh. and stuff and it was called the creepy clown sightings of 2016 right. and you know all the news media was picking up on it like mm -hmm. all the small networks even the big networks were all broadcasting on the box in the corner of the room 
killer clown sightings everywhere. You know right. what I mean? And I, I thought it was so bizarre because I realized like, well, the media doesn't show you anything unless they want you to see it. Yeah. It's all controlled. Um, so I knew at that moment, along with all my other research into biblical history and obviously the, uh, my experiences with the psychedelic, seeing the jesters in the DMT realm, uh, you know, the, the disembodied spirits of the Nephilim, all this type of stuff. I kind of made the connection then that the clowns are symbol for something. That's why they're showing it on the box. That's why they're making people see it on the TV right now. They want you to see right. that the clowns are returning or something. Yeah. The clowns are appearing everywhere uh, mysteriously. Well, if clown means Nephilim, then that's symbolically represented. The Nephilim are returning. The Nephilim mm. are going to start to appear into our realm again. Uh -huh. You know what I mean? It was a symbol. Yeah. It was it was a message for the mm. initiated who know what that symbol means. And um well, well, like, and then also like, taking that like once a prayer. So, so like, in 2019, like, the, the new Joker movie came out. Like, like, and then like the next few years, like, everyone was like dressing up like as the Joker. And then like, you actually like, like the past like few days, like, there's actually been been, been like it's like one story that's like going on like everywhere, like amount of the mainstream news, like talking about like the idea like of like. Like um, um, these um, um, giants like walking around um, Miami. Um, um, oh, yeah, yeah. Um, um, so, 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 like, what are your thoughts uh, like, when it comes to that? The whole story going going on right now. I, I, I've seen snippets of that in my own Telegram mm. where people have been posting about it and stuff. Right. And, um, I think they're trying to say a kid set off some fireworks at first or something, is what I saw. Uh -huh. I think the story keeps shifting about what was really happening there. People are saying, I saw giants and all this type of stuff. and, and I, d I don't know. I'm, I'm, I'm always weary when the media picks up on something like yes. this or it's shown anywhere. Same but here. Right. The, thing, the thing is, I don't think they can physically manifest in our world easily. I think they're disembodied mm -hmm. now. They manifest through us as channels right. that Nephilim do. But I do believe there are cryptids all around the earth, which are mm -hmm. physical and real monsters. And I think these aren't Nephilim. Uh, these are the so sightings of these physical monsters, for example. Mm. I think they're more likely remnants of the humans who genetically engineered themselves okay. just before the flood. So, maybe, so like, come yeah. on, based on that, like, come like, on, um, um, what are your thoughts, like, come um, on, when it comes to like, come um, like, um, of like, come um, 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 the um, giants, like, like, um, um, slash Nephilim, like, possibly even like go, going beyond like the ice wall, like, possibly, like, come um, <laughs> have you ever looked into that or no? Uh, yeah, I mean, it depends how you want to perceive cosmology. Uh, if it depends if you want to understand that the outer rim of the earth, if there are more right. lands beyond it, if you want yes. to go on that as yeah. aspect. Um, I don't know how much weight I hold to that map that's been going right. around. It was just mm -hmm. created by some random artist on DeviantArt. It wasn't really like a... I think it's more. I think you're going into the realm a little bit more there of mythology. Uh, yeah. I, I like the moon map idea. I've seen a lot going around mm. quite a lot. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Moon projection. Yes. So that implies there are, no, other, no, no. there are other lands. So yeah. it could be that they're in those lands. Right. Maybe. Um, I've heard maybe they're under the earth. 
mm-hmm. as well. I've heard that one, you know, right. through entrances and holes in the earth. If um, um, any of those series like, um, are true, um, 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 do you think that, do you think that, um, 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 like that would be like referring to, to the Nephilim, like more would that be referring um, more like these um, like um, cryptids, like like um, um, who actually um, came from like similar lineage, similar lineages? Yeah, I think I think the OG giant original Nephilim did get mm-hmm. killed. That was part of the punishment of the uh-huh. Right. But then there, then there were like quarter blood nephilim being created mm. and half blood nephilim because the nephilim had children and their children's children had children and i think it got watered down and a bit more weird with each right. generation going down yeah. each generation and then i think you start to get things like hairy tall beasts like bigfoot or B- the bigfoot, wild or, or the wild you know, well the wild man of europe as well it's the uh-huh. same creep it's the same creature so i think they got smaller with each generation mm-hmm. passing i think they got less psychedelic more hairy and weird I think, and that's that's Nephilim. So I think there's there's precedence to say that there are descendants of Nephilim around, but they were oh. called something else. They were called in, um, I think it's the Book of Jasher, um, Nephil were the first iteration below the Nephilim. And mm-hmm. below the Nephil was the Elio, or the Eliud. And then mm-hmm. below them was the Elio, I think. So it kept, they kept going down to lesser versions. And it's likely, right. you know, they made it through to the other side, maybe, I don't know. Oh. But there was this thing discussed just before the flood um in primarily the book of jasher it says there was the mixing of kinds happening mankind took it upon themselves with the help of angels to genetically engineer themselves to change their flesh right and it says during this time mixing of kinds so different types and species were being blended together all the animals were being blended together to create weird hybrids and i think humans were taking that choice too so when you when you hear a cryptid like Mothman, that's a human who's mixed themselves with a moth. It's Dogman, I've also heard Dog of. Dogman, yeah, lizard people, you know what I mean? Right, <laughs> like, yeah. Things like this, you know what I mean? The, I think even things like, you know, like the tall greys, perhaps, or the small greys, they mm. could be frogs mixed with humans or uh, amphibians of some kind. It could be also, it could be any creature mixed with a human, an owl maybe, I don't know, with big glowing black eyes, you know? Right. I think... A lot of the cryptid phenomena, which often gets passed off as alien phenomena, is a result yeah. of X-Men. They are mutants. They are X-Humans. They are X-Men. They used to be men, okay? That's the point, okay? They are the modern-day uh, mutants, which is referenced uh-huh. in comic books. Spider-Man, you know what I mean? Whatever you want right. to say. like they are The cryptid phenomena is a result of this mixing of kinds that happened mm. just before the flood. And, you know, and you, know, you talk about things, people are like a marine kingdom, for example, where the main uh. demonic forces are. Well, you think about a flood, the things that would survive that are things like mermaids, you know, half human, half fish hybrids, right. things like that. So uh, a lot of, a lot of trippy stuff happened. Uh-huh. A lot of a lot of trippy stuff happened just before and just after the flood. The knowledge was rediscovered after the flood, and the corruption was brought back in. So, I, and the Nephilim did appear again. They were in the lands of Canaan, you know, and Israel killed them and drew them mm-hmm. out. They didn't fully finish the job, and they were punished accordingly for that because they didn't get rid of all of the Nephilim. You know what I mean? And right. it's possible they've continued into the modern day as well. And you get these mythoses, like I said, of the Paiute Indians dealing with tall giants in the forests, mm. of uh, giants in caves in the Middle East randomly just bursting out and attacking troops right. and soldiers. Because they still exist. They're still here, but they're in yeah. such minute numbers to their original form. They're so obscure and hidden in places that it's kind of they have to stay hidden or they get killed type of situation. Mm, right. They're not what they used to be. 
But in the ancient, ancient pre-flood times, we're talking like Narnia type images here. We're talking Lord of the Rings type worlds with mm. all sorts of different species all over the place. You know what I mean? With these mm. weird mythological creatures flying around. You know, this is the type of realm we're talking about, a realm of magic. You know, it was a weird place. Um, but that's where we get cryptids from. And that's why we have demons. They're the disembodied spirits of the Nephilim specifically. Possibly some of the cryptids became demons in death because oh. they are because they are humans who corrupted their soul along with their body when they did that thing. Maybe I'm speculating here, but that's why we have a lot of this phenomena today. And then I think all these all these questions can be answered with the biblical narrative. Yeah. So, so, so like do you actually foresee the nephilim like i'm actually returning like like i'm like taking on i mean like taking over like humanity and stuff or no well it does say as it was in the days of noah so shall it be in the coming of the son of man which is the return of jesus so just before mm -hmm. jesus comes back it's supposed to be like it was in Noah's right. day which is when the Nephilim were around and yeah. all this stuff was happening, you know, and there was hybridized humans everywhere. So it's possible we might see a, a recurrence of the same event. You know, wait, 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 wait. I'm also speaking with like, do you ever watch many of these in Marvel movies or no? Yeah, I've 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 seen most of them. there was actually this one like recent movie that came out like it was Guardians of the Galaxy two. Um, uh, no, Guardians of the Guardians of the Galaxy three. Um, I think. So anyways, the um main villain um from that movie like so so like. The main villain, like, like sees himself like as like main god in the movie. Moment, so so he's actually trying to trying to create um, this some um, counter Earth, like um, he calls it. I mean, like like um, like um, like on like this counter Earth, like he actually creates like um, these um, animals, like that actually perfectly um, resemble humans, like um, like like um, like. like these animal-human like, hybrids like actually start like, taking on these um, like awful like human qualities. Like um, it, was, it was like very very interesting. I find like I've, I've not seen the latest mm. one, but I remember the one prior to that. Right, it's about it's about a god who creates his own planets and tries to trick him into thinking he's his son in order to. Um, right. Like, yes. Yeah. Yes, you know, yeah, right. yeah. 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 Honestly, the Marvel movies, all these comic book universes, they have just all their inspiration comes right. from biblical history it comes from the nephilim right. history it comes from uh -huh. the antediluvian history the, the, this is the thing a lot of people think like all oh, these these artists today these so filmmakers are so so creative so intelligent right. where do they get their inspiration from <laughs> they must just be geniuses it's like no they're just retelling old stories they're retelling right. old stories they have nothing new to offer mm. like they, they they and that's where they get their ideas from and the point is our ignorance gives them the power it makes right. them seem intelligent it makes them seem yeah. amazing it makes mm -hmm. and you know and we give our veneration over to them for retelling old stories about demons and right. how they created humanity <laughs> it's kind of it's all mm -hmm. just one giant beast system yeah it's, in, in terms of the nephilim returning mm -hmm. it could be that yes you know that something similar will happen that was like what happened in the times of noah but it could also i do think transhumanism is working on creating a brand new vessel yeah. Mm -hmm. For those spirits to embody, I do think that's. I think that's the agenda of all the transhumanists. Wow. They sell it as you will live forever. We'll create the perfect undying body and yeah. mind 
with ultimate processing power. That's where AI comes into it. It's like trying to build a perfect brain that could house consciousness, like a uh, an AI-fueled holographic-type code brain, which you can transfer your consciousness into and live forever like a god in this perfect mechanical robotic invincible never dying body but you'll mm-hmm. live like an immortal super strong god forever that's the promise <laughs> that's satan's promise you know right. you'll be like you'll be like gods you know but i think once we build this thing and mass produce many of these vessels what's going to inhabit them is not us okay yeah. it's going to be this legion of Spirit. demons spirits Demon. the nephilim just waiting for a new body you know right. what I mean? and and that's optimal for them you know, yeah. to be in this body because Control. who's going to catch how are you going to cast them out of a body that isn't human? You know what I mean? It's kind of a Holy Spirit isn't going to go into these mechanical bodies. Right yeah. now, possessing us is not optimal for them because we can kick them out at a moment's notice. You know what I mean? Yeah. We, and we can just say, you know, get out in the name of Jesus Christ mm. and then pray, read the pray word, fill right. with the Holy Spirit. Mm. The Holy Spirit will kick it out. Yeah. It's cast mm. out, it's dealt with, you know. Mm. And that's why they need bodies where that can't happen. Yeah. So let's create one. And this is the whole point. Secret societies, all the rich, all the elite are funding and building these things. Mm. Many of them are fooled because they believe they get to live forever. It's for them. Right. Some of them at the top probably know the truth. This is for the demons that we're working um, with. You know what I mean? It's yeah. probably just a multifaceted, compartmentalized conspiracy at the top. But make no mistake, like that promise of immortality is not for us. It's for um, them, you know. Um, 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 is there also like, the whole reason um, um, behind him? Um, 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 Walt Disney um, um, freezing him um, um, in his <laughs> body after he died, like and all that stuff. Yeah, well, it's no different than the mummies uh, right. mummifying themselves and putting their organs in jars in the hope right. that a future technology will arise that will bring them back to mm-hmm. life. And you have to remember, you know, many of the ancient rulers of the even the Egyptian times prior believed themselves to be the descendants of the Nephilim. The, mm. the divine the divine right to rule by having angel blood in them it's the same thing right. as our monarchs today they believe themselves too to be the descendants of nephilim creatures mm. and have divine blood in them angel blood you know um so it wouldn't surprise me if if what walt disney is trying to do there is something similar yeah you know? well if uh-huh. i preserve if i can preserve my dna and my brain in ice then hopefully one day they can bring it back Someone's i'm sure you know? bring it back right it's yeah. the same it's, it's the same thought process of, of the nephilim mm. dying in a creating other things it's like because the idea is don't forget if they were nephilim these leaders when they died their spirits were then stuck on earth right so they, probably, they had so they preserved the body in the hopes that they could once one day go back into it Do right you know what i mean that's the point so it's kind of i mean there's, there's loads of debates as well about you know mm. how the nephilim got back after the flood right you can, and we can go into that forever to be honest but yeah, yeah. <laughs> one, one one interesting thing is um they were called the rephaim after the flood not the nephilim mm. And Rephaim doesn't. What is that? It, well, it's, it's a different word to Nephilim. Mm-hmm. Rephaim comes from Rapha, which is to heal or be healed, or healers or healing ones. Mm-hmm. Um, and it, it comes from another root word as well from from Rephaim, and it, it basically means undead or dead or dead ones as well. So mm-hmm. if you put the words together, Rephaim kind of means a resurrected dead thing okay a zombie zombie right. is a good is a good modern interpretation for, mm. you know what i mean the undead right. you know the living dead um, yeah. which is kind of like what vampires are in a way you know oh, and i think the rephaim were like giant reanimated corpses of the nephilim prior to the flood 
So it's kind of, it's like they found a way to re-inhabit their old bodies, but they would like a, a dead version, like a, a living mm. dead type version. And it says in order to kill the Nephilim or the Rephaim or the giants, um, David and Goliath is a good example of this. You right. have to remove the head. You have to remove the head from the body or they will not die because the whole healing thing, the healed ones, the healers, mm -hmm. the Rephaim, it seems like they could regenerate so fast. Like if you slice them, it would just join back together and it would heal. You know what I mean? Scientist who wants to regrow his arm. Yeah. Uh -huh. so he, mi he mixes himself with lizard DNA. Yeah. And he becomes a reptilian monster who has wow. nothing but evil in his heart continuously and yeah. wants to cause chaos. Uh -huh. you know I mean? yeah. It's the same story as what the people in the past so did to themselves. Uh -huh. you know, it, yeah. Yeah. Interesting. It depends if you want to go by uh, people arguing about the gap theory, where there was two Earths, like a, there was an old Earth which got made, form, and void. And mm -hmm. then God created this earth afterwards. So, you know, that, that implies it can go on thousands upon thousands upon thousands of years. I don't think it's the mainstream understanding of millions and millions and billions. Yeah, of years. yeah, yeah. That, that... I'm, I'm not, we're talking thousands here. It's, yeah. It's, and, you know, biblical history alone, they say it's about, about 7,000, 8,000, 9,000 years. Because right. you've got about three to 4,000 years before the flood. Then you've mm -hmm. got about 6,000 years of human history after the flood. So what right. they say the Sumerian empires, the Mesopotamian empires, you know the 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 the, the Nimrod era, you know what I mean, onwards after the flood. Mm -hmm. uh, so you know, biblical history, if you want to go off that, says it's mainly about nine thousand. Kind of, it's, it's hard to say because we don't right. know how long exactly the Antediluvian period was for. Right. And then you know, if you want to get really into the conspiracy stuff today, the big debate right now is that our timeline has had yeah, an extra yeah. thousand years added. Well, 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 like, speaking of which, like, so, this has been like one of my big, big rabbit holes. Like, like, I've been going there recently. Like, so, so, like, even I'm, I'm, I'm looking at like the names like, like over our months. Like, so, so, like, um, deck um, should be 10. Like, um, yeah. so, like, December should be the 10th month. Like, um, um, no of them should be nine, like the ninth month. I'm um, set, um, should be seventh month. So, so, so like, my timeline's definitely off. And also, like, like even just uh, looking at, like, the, the um, all the moon cycles, like, um, um, so it's not like there's actually um, 13 moon cycles, like, um, 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 turtle shell. Um, um, like so, so based on that, like the should be um, um, 13, 20 day months, and then um, 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 one extra day um, 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 for um, Easter. I'm um, um, pretty sure something, uh, so, something a, like that. Your guess yeah. is as good as mine. Right? Yeah. History is a mess. History yeah. is a. It's a right. Every, and even then, our formal chronology of what we right. understand 
to be was a Calvinist, I think. You developed right. in the 1500s. Right. Yeah, you, go yeah. by, you go by his chronology from mm. then on. That doesn't mean he's right. Right. Even though calendars have been changed so many times. Right. Like, yeah, yeah. yeah. Other, um, cultures, other cultures use different calendars. July was mm. added in, like, I don't know, like 400 AD. Or so. It was uh -huh. much stupid. Like, it's a, it was a. It's, well, I don't know where we are or when we right. are. Right, yeah, yeah. All I know is it's, it's not a salvation issue. Okay? Right. As long as you understand the basic gospel right. that Jesus Christ came, mm. died, and rose again for our sins, and he is who mm. he says he was, he was the Son yeah. of God, you're saved. Okay. Right. As long as you believe that with all your heart, mind, and soul, you're saved. And that's the point. It's because we can't know because Everything. there is so much corruption yeah. so much hidden so many lies that all we can do is hinge ourselves on that faith right of what mm. he, the simple truth of what he told us right as long as it, and that's all we can do you know because we there's too many convoluted yeah. mismatches uh -huh. nothing nothing lines up you know so right. yeah I, but we do have these books these ancient books that we've mm. we've kind of roughly time stamped to a certain period and era mm. But we don't really know. I mean, I mean, it's possible. I mean, look at some videos recently, and it's possible what we call the medieval period. Mm. What period of time, actually, when the apostles were alive and when Jesus was around, and they were dressed like medieval people, and oh. they depicted, and there's loads of artwork depicting all these big events happening that are in the Bible. Wow. With people dressed in medieval clothing. You know what mm -hmm. I mean? All the apostles there, Jesus there, but they're all dressed in medieval attire. You know what I mean? With medieval mm -hmm. buildings in the background. And the, the excuse for that is, oh, well, the people of the medieval period, they felt like everything was happening <laughs> all at once. And there was no such thing as time separation of history. It's like, what are you talking about? People right. are stupid. <laughs> like, no are, you sure, are you sure the truth isn't that the people of that time period were painting what they were seeing happening in their time period? Right, like, yeah. <laughs> and it's kind of like we've only that been sold this sense. idea through media that mm -hmm. Jesus was in the desert wearing sandals and all this. <laughs> like, right, yeah, and maybe, yeah. maybe that isn't actually what was going on. I, I mean, mm -hmm. I'm, this is pure speculation, by yeah, the way. Yeah. This is yeah. not me saying this is the truth and right. everything. I don't know. This is the point. But there's a lot of strange stuff out there when yeah. you start digging under history mm. that really just blows everything out of the water right. all the time. So I, I don't know. I'm, I'm open to anything, yeah. but it, it's not a salvation issue, yeah. fundamentally. Gotcha. That's what I'll say. <laughs> anyway, so, so like, um, my last question um, 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 for him this episode, like, like, um, like um, basically, basically, the fact that like, um, this is the, the first week um, um, of the um, quote unquote um, um, new year, like, um, so, so like, um, 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 what are um, 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 some um, predictions that you have like, for um, um, events that are going to be coming this year? Like, I mean, like, um, um, do you think this is going to end up um, being a year of um great awakening like on the other hand like like is our society I'm gonna go gonna go like more down like the wrong path what do you think i think there's going to be more exposition of the evil of the world mm. purposefully controlled release of information to make us believe you understand what the externalization of the hierarchy is right this yeah. idea that the, the evil people are going to reveal themselves but that's right. the point the point right. is they will make themselves known. So then we will get angry, seek justice, probably get the justice, 
but they are the four guys. Right. Yeah. Because the, the solution's going to be offered to us as an alternative, mm-hmm. which is basically the Luciferian doctrine, the new age right. religion, the Gnostic perspectives of things. And we're going to see a lot more of that going on. I think, I think there's going to be mm-hmm. a huge surge of spiritualist craving crazy people who are right. going to go down a Gnostic spiritualism and reveal themselves more. I think as more people crave the truth, we're going to mm-hmm. start seeing more of the rise of this strange religion, this Gnostic worldview. It's very new agey. I am a God type worldview. And it's going to be as a reactionary to the Satanists revealing themselves. Right. Uh, again, like Epstein's list being revealed. For yeah, example. Yeah, yeah. All this stuff is happening now. More, more of that stuff, the push to make us eat bugs, the push to right. clearly, clearly uh-huh. horrible satanic things are happening to right. us the, sub- the subjugation of humanity the creating pressure for us to react to they yeah. want us to, they want us to react so then yeah. we can offer the solution okay uh, yeah, yeah we're, we're going to see that the externalizing mm-hmm. the, uh, exter- uh, the externalization of hierarchy is in full swing right now right. more evil is going to come to the surface we're going to mm-hmm. see more horrible acts happening all our idols who people have worshipped are going to be revealed to be evil it's going to just all keep coming out in the open but that's the point they want us to feel like the solution is organic right you know what i mean and they're gonna and what they're gonna offer us is this love and light peace and harmony luciferian doctrine it's not gonna be christianity okay? gonna do that way. yeah yeah and and i'm no i'm noticing myself now I, I just made a video basically talking about gnosticism and, and mm-hmm. It was it was just an off the cuff seven minute rant I made in the middle of a two hour live show because uh-huh. I was I was getting irritated with all the stupid comments from Gnostics I was getting. Really, <laughs> and, and I, I made this video and honestly the vitriol I have gotten from this very small, really? very small but loud minority of Gnostic thinkers who they, they believe Christ wasn't a real person mm. and we're not supposed to put our faith in him and expect him to save us they believe Christ was a metaphor for consciousness that we're all supposed to attain. Okay. And they've got all, and that's exactly the Luciferian new age doctrine of, of enlightenment consciousness. You know what I mean? But they call it Christ consciousness. And they also believe that the creator of the physical world is the demiurge, which Mm. is an embodiment of evil. They think all flesh is evil and corrupt. And then the Mm. evil God created this. And what we need to do is escape this flesh. And therefore, you know, they're just antichrist through and through okay uh-huh. it's, the, it's the perfect antichrist religion right. yeah, yeah because yeah. they because they because they purport to be christ-like in the nature and use christ-like words mm-hmm. but it's it's complete heretical doctrine compared to christianity but they have attacked me hard for simply saying the basic gospel okay <laughs> and that's the point all i didn't say i didn't even say anything that controversial right just, just the gnostics are wrong jesus <laughs> is who he said he was stop trying to make it something it's not you know what i mean and people these days are crazy sometimes but, the, but that's the that is the new age world new world order religion coming mm. to fruition right what I'm saying. yeah we're going to see more of that the new world order mm. is, is 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 here now yeah and it's really it's getting deeper and deeper but that's the, yeah that's kind of the point they want they want to create this this reactionary movement against the evils of the world. So then people will turn more to these false spiritual answers. And who right. knows? Maybe we'll see an alien invasion while we're at it. Who will be our <laughs> yeah. You yeah. Know what I mean? <laughs> uh, 
Gotcha. They, might, they might chuck that in there, like, oh, right. by the way, yeah. aliens, aliens are here, and they're here to give us knowledge that will save us. Again, it's right. just it's just the fallen angels revealing themselves along with right. the Nephilim spirits, you know, uh -huh. or, or, or our spirit guides or ancestors, as they'll call them, whatever they want to call them. Right. You know, we're, gonna, we're seeing more of that. Uh -huh. That's that and I, I wouldn't say it's the end or anything. I don't think all that's yeah. going to happen, you know, but we're just going to mm -hmm. see more of that stuff happening and more, more of the same. Um, and it's, it's going to get weirder. It's just going to get yeah. weirder, but not, not, uh -huh. not dangerous as in we're all going to die. And, mm. you know, I'm, I'm not a doomsdayer. Yeah. But things are going to get, things are going to get weird. Uh -huh. yeah, I can say that much for sure. Yeah. Interesting. All right. Well, um, um, anyways, um, 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 thank you um, um, so much um, um, for, for coming on the podcast. Like this, this, this has been like um, um, a truly um, um, enlightening episode. Like, um, um, like um, um, I'm honestly like um, 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 super like interested. Like, in, like everything like the like, you, you like mean you like discussed during this episode. So, um, um, anyways, um, um, do you want to um, tell everyone like where to um, f um, find you and like um, follow you? Certainly. Yes. Like I said, everything I do is on YouTube. Mm -hmm. And I do have backup channels on Odyssey, um, and I do post regularly, relatively regularly on uh, Twitter and Instagram. Mm -hmm. So you can find me on all those platforms, but really, you just need to go straight to YouTube. That's where I do my thing. It's right. it's my name here on the screen. It's Understanding Conspiracy. Mm -hmm. um, just type that in. You'll find me. You'll find my videos. Um, and I have playlists on there which have broken down most of my work into different segments. If you like the Nephilim clown stuff and you want to know all the deep stuff, the extra details that I've I don't have time to go through yeah. today, you know, but right. it is it is all there in that series. Mm. I'm making a new episode currently, which is about clown serial killers as well, to add into all of this. Um <laughs> it's an ongoing series, but there is uh -huh. there's hours and hours and hours of work there spread over seven years for you to go through. Um, That's amazing. And it's it's called the Nephilim Look Like Clowns playlist. Mm. Just go check it out if you're interested in that. But I do talk about all sorts of topics on there. I cover everything. I've been in the game, like I said, for 10 years doing yeah. this. Um, come join in. And uh, yeah, that's all I can really say. Mm hmm all right. Well, um, um, make make sure to, um, to to check out um, his channel. Make sure um, um to to subscribe to my channel if you haven't done so already. And I will catch you guys in the next video. Thank you once again, Paul. See you you're guys welcome. next time. Thanks for having me. Of course, anytime. You're always welcome.